0: Well, thank you, everybody, so much. Uh, And Vanessa, I got to say, I could have used your information a while back. I'd actually heard that you're supposed to brush your hair upside down 500 times. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Over the last week and a half, we've had a lot of time together as family. And uh, it's been been awesome. (laughs) It's been hard. It's been fun. We've had a lot of time to talk through memories. I'll I'll be all right. Don't worry. Just hang in there. It'll be all right. (laughs) And uh, a lot of crazy mom stories. Uh, One that came out was uh, going out on the family boat, and uh, we were out in the middle of nowhere, and we kind of broke down. And uh, so mom had a great idea. Mom was going to save the day. And so next thing we know, we look over, and she's standing up on the front of the boat, one leg on each side, holding a towel as a human sail. (laughs) And this was gonna get us to shore. And uh, my idea wasn't much better. I can't bust on her too much because my idea was to paddle us to shore, except that was only on the left side. So we were going in a circle for about a half hour. (laughs) Dad jumped into the water, found a jellyfish and patched up the the gas leak. And we got back home, it was great. So another boat story, Um, that was a joke. Some people are looking shocked right now. Uh, Another boat story, my dad and mom decided to, to be a little adventurous one night, and so they were out, and uh, they decided to, to sleep under the stars on the boat, and so dad's, uh, dad and mom kind of, you know, not off, and uh, early the next morning, my dad is, is just out, you know, and just sleeping well, and all of a sudden he hears, whoa, 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 and my mom falls square on top of him, and he opens his eyes, and there's mom in his lap, and he says, honey, what happened? She said, well, I, I was just out here looking at this beautiful sunrise, and I couldn't see it quite right, and so I stood up on the edge of the boat, and I was standing up there, and another large boat came by, and the boat started rocking, and I, here I am, you know, so, uh, more recently, my, my family, we were gathering, uh, at the, uh, fine dining establishment Wendy's, and, uh, we were gonna hang out and spend all the time there, and so we were on our way out there, and, and, uh, in poles, mom and dad, and, uh, mom sees our silver van she comes running out all excited to see us she's jumping up and down she's knocking on the windows only problem is we were already inside wendy's that wasn't our car there was there was another guy in the passenger or the driver's seat who had also brushed his hair 500 times upside down apparently and uh he was horrified but this uh this was truly an amazing woman um I think this shows she was an amazing woman. It shows the impact her life had. Um, CaringBridge and Facebook and Twitter and all the feedback and the people we've seen tonight who have said how their lives were changed by her. Um, Over somewhere in the vicinity of 250 people came to visit her at the hospice in the last week. I mean, that's like most funerals. We were getting in trouble out there. Um, We know one of the nurses at Huntington Hospital she said that Huntington Hospital is talking about my mom, this, this woman. Um, her doctor uh, told my dad that uh, she changed his life. Don't feel bad. I'm going to get through this. we will be all right. She was an amazing lady, but tonight we really want you to know why. We want you to know why. Anybody got a joke? Um... <laughs> <laughs> As I was sitting there in the room this week, I began to feel like God was just downloading this message into my heart, and I get through it, it'll be all right. Um, a lot of you guys were drawn to her, you were attracted to her, you were blessed by her. Uh, you may be a Christian here tonight, you may not, you may have once had a relationship with God that you don't really have anymore, and there's all kinds of different people different places in their life right now, and... Everybody, every one of you was drawn to her. And you saw something in her. And there was something that sometimes you scratched your head at because it was a little bit different. And it was unique. And it was, it was her joy and it was her peace and it was her love and it was her patience and it was her uh, connection and passion and satisfaction. And as I thought about her, I thought about a couple of other guys that lived a few thousand years ago. And these guys had a similar effect on people. When they walked around, people looked at them and they, and they didn't quite understand them. They didn't quite get what was going on with these guys and, and the, these guys they they were seemed to be disordinary and and kind of all the the, the the you know the big the big deal people, all the politicians and all the religious leaders and, and everybody important and all the educated people looked at these guys and and they were just shaking their heads going I I, I don't get it. All the religious people, all the good people, we're looking at this. these guys going, I don't understand, what's, what's the deal with these people? What's their secret? They seem to have something I don't have. I, I'm religious, but they seem to have something I don't have. I'm, I'm educated more than they are, but they seem to have something I don't have. And what what is it? And then these two guys in particular, Peter and John, and and they they went around and, and, and they they saw answered prayer like my mom did. And they... Brought people joy like my mom did. And, and you couldn't shut them up about their faith. Like you couldn't shut my mom up about her faith. And and they had satisfaction. And they had hope. And, and they had this passion that nobody could snuff out no matter what you did. Just like my mom did. And so I guess the question running through my mind is, what's their secret? Like like what's true of Peter and John 2,000 years ago that was true of my mom now? And so as I, I thought about that, I, I thought about this verse, which just... So explains it. If you're here tonight and you're a follower of Jesus, you'll recognize it. If you're here and you were a follower of Jesus at one point in your life, I hope it challenges, few, challenges you. If you're here tonight and you're not a Christian or a follower of Jesus, and you may not even believe in God, I hope, I hope this connects some dots for you. Because these two guys were standing before these smart, educated, religious, powerful Politicians. And they're all sitting there looking at them. And this is what is said about them in Acts chapter 4, verse 13. It says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. You See, what amazes us about my mom amazed people 2,000 years ago about other people. They're looking at these people Go, man, they've got something I want. They've got something I don't quite understand. They've got something I, I wish I could be like him. I wish I, could, I wish I could see answered prayer like that. I wish I could live with satisfaction and joy and peace and hope. And, and many of you have looked at my mom and said the same things. And I could tell you her secret was their secret. She's been with Jesus. She spent her days, the moments of her life, in a conversation with Jesus, just like Peter and John did. I mean, Peter and John are seeing uh, seeing Jesus face-to-face, talking to him as a friend, and, and somehow mom did too. She had this amazing relationship, and, you know, I think if you're a Christian here tonight, what I want to say to you is so often we try to do Christianity without Christ, you know? We try to be religious and good. And we try to do the right thing. we open our Bible up, which is a good thing. We we we, we, we try to then live it without Jesus. Without the moment-by-moment conversation. And my mom refused to do that. And that's why she lived the Christian life so well. Because what you loved about her and what you saw in her was a glimpse of him. It was a glimpse of Jesus shining through her. That's what you were attracted to. That's what you loved about her. She was a great woman, but I'll tell you what, in and of herself was nothing. It was a relationship with Jesus that fueled it all. And I love that the guys who saw Peter and John connected those dots back. They're going, there's power here, there's authority here, there's satisfaction here, there's joy and peace we don't understand. And they connected the dots back and said, wait a minute, these are the guys who had been with Jesus. And whether you're a Christian tonight or not, I want you to know, and I, and I hope to help you connect the dots back because that is what attracted you to her. That's why there's a 1,000 people in this room right now. That's why 250 people came in the last week to see her hospice. care. That's why Facebook and Caring Bridge are blowing up with all kinds of comments of how she changed people's lives. It's because she had been with Jesus. She walked with him daily. She talked with him. It, it, it was like she could talk to him like she was talking to me. And you know what? When you live that life, something happens. There's something that's produced when you live that kind of life. And the Bible even talks about that in Galatians 5. The Bible says this. The Bible says, but the fruit of the Spirit is. The fruit or the result of of living close to Jesus, of being near him and with him, the result of that, the fruit of that are are these things. And I want to tell you, if you're here tonight and you don't believe in God, I, I get that. I get that. I understand skepticism and hurt and broken hearts and being hurt by the church or being disappointed in God. I get that. But if you're here tonight and you're going, man, show me some proof that God's real. Show me some proof that his way works. I guess what I'd say is if you knew my mom, wouldn't you say that the things I'm about to read, the things that'll be up on the screen behind me were true of her? Wouldn't you say that the things you loved about her and attracted you to her aren't just natural qualities of someone, aren't just a nice person trying to earn something from God, but are something altogether different, a little bit confusing, things you wish you had pouring out of your life. And so what's this fruit? What, what, what happens when you live near Jesus daily? Well, the fruit of the Spirit is love. My mom was so loving. Uh, I remember being a kid, and there was this... A uh, time where i don't know how or why but we came into contact with this little boy and i was probably four or five years old and and he had a deformed hand and, and she didn't know this kid really she had just met him and and as a little kid i was a little bit frightened by it and i didn't get it and so me and the other boys that were there kind of you know shied away from this kid and my mom picked up on it and i'll never forget this and she went right over and she grabbed that little deformed hand and she just put it in her mouth and kissed it she was so loving why was she loving she's a nice lady no because she'd been with jesus joy loved mom so much because she laughed at all my stupid jokes no one else would laugh at (laughs) she was the best audience ever and she just always had a smile she was had so much of god in her and again that joy is supernatural that joy isn't in you and i naturally day to day you know that about yourself don't you And if you have joy today, the real thing, not happiness, not like entertainment or, wow, I got this new thing and look how happy I am. That wears off in six months, right? No, but the real thing, you can lay in a hospital bed and smile at everybody. That's supernatural, and that's because she's been with Jesus. Peace. My mom was at peace. She was more at peace than all of us. She's the one in the hospital bed, and all she would do is talk about how good God is. And being honest, sometimes it would make me mad. Like, look at you. Like, you're going to lay there and talk about how good God is right now? She didn't care because she'd been with Jesus. And she knew, yeah, maybe she's going to die. Maybe she's in a hospital bed. But she knew her Jesus. She knew God was good because he'd seen her through so many other things. Forbearance or patience. I tell you, I was probably the number one test of that in her life. And I'm so thankful that she was so patient, that patience carried over to my kids, and her piano students, and her students, and her youth group kids, and all the people she worked with over the years. She'd been with Jesus. That's why that was there. Kindness. About a year ago, when mom was in the hospital, and and, uh, we didn't realize how serious things were getting, I was there with the Jensen's and our family, and we're standing around, and I said, you know, right, somebody suggested, let's pray, let's pray for mom, and so we began to pray, and she just, she could hardly talk at this point, and, and, and looking back, we, we didn't realize, but she was almost at the point of death at that point, and she, she could hardly talk, but she she just would whisper, okay, now can I pray for you, you know, shut up, you're, in, you know, I mean, just let us pray for you, you know, but she, was, she wouldn't have it, she, she had to pray for us, and so we stood there, and we prayed, actually, for some of you that are in this room right now, we prayed that you would know Jesus. We prayed that you would be blessed. We prayed for you. Goodness. Um, Pastor Ayers, as we were talking earlier in the hospice this week, said something powerful. He said that uh, when he did my mom's dad's funeral, he was able to say about her, that, or him, rather, that he just never heard anybody say a bad word about him. Just never, nobody, nobody ever said a bad word about Buzz. Just an amazing guy. And I would say at this point in her life, we could say that of her. Faithfulness. Um, Jeanette, as we were hanging out in the hospice this week, just said, you know what? You know what I love about mom is that she always believed the best about people. She always believed the best. So so somebody, you know, something happens and she let, you know, she was let down by them in one way or another. She would come up with a thousand reasons why that must have happened. And there must be some good reason. Not because they're bad people. They You know, they, this... This, this was just some kind of glaring thing on the relationship. Now, those, this was because something happened that was outside their control, and she, and she just would always believe the best. She was so faithful to friends, and even those, like Pastor said, that honestly deserved a good beating. <laughs> gentleness. If you look at the this word in the original language, it means something that surprised me. Like when I read gentleness, I think of a little fluffy dog or something like that, but but gentleness actually means is the quality of not being overly impressed by a sense of one's self-importance. Gentleness. You're able to just be gentle because you don't think you're a big deal. I'm going to tell you, if anybody could have thought she was a big deal, it would have been her, with all of her achievements, with all things that she had done in her life. But she was the most down-to-earth person. As we were planning the funeral yesterday, Mary said, you know, she could be out playing with these amazing talented musicians and then the next day be right here with her little keyboard set up for vbs singing to 500 little kids and she would do it with just the same amount of passion because she was gentle self-control thinking back on the recent years i can't think of one thing that mastered her i can't think of one thing you know how we all kind of have those things Man, if this would just end, if this would just stop, if I just didn't have this in my life anymore, if I, if I get over this, this issue or that issue or this temptation or that temptation, I can't think of anything that owned her, and I'm not trying to paint her as perfect. And I'll tell you, I saw her grow in this. But this was a woman who had tremendous self-control. And again, I'm not telling you she's a good person. It'd break our hearts as a family if you left here thinking, wow, what a nice woman that was. no. She'd been with Jesus. That's why you're here tonight. Whether you believe in God or not, that's what you loved about her. That's what stood out. She lived moment by moment with Jesus. We see a beautiful picture of this in verse 25. Paul says, since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. That was so characteristic of her life. She kept in step with Jesus, and with the Holy Spirit. She walked where he wanted her to walk. She went where he wanted her to go. She said what he wanted her to say. If you hear about this in the original language, what Paul's trying to say is just like a military troop. They walk in step. You know, they're about face; They're going to turn together. They walk as one unit. That's what Paul's trying to say here. We need to walk like that with Jesus. And that's what mom did. And that's why so many lives have been changed. And so my thought for you tonight, and really the bottom line of her life and of these verses, is that we are meant to live near Jesus. Some of you guys might be going, okay, yeah, yeah, in eternity, right? No, no, no. Right here and right now, we're meant to live near Jesus. Yes, in eternity, but, but that starts now. It starts in a relationship Now. And so, what I want to challenge you to do is just that. If you're a Christian here tonight, and I know a lot of you are, my challenge to you is would you live near Jesus? What I want to say is that there is absolutely no reason that all of our funerals can't look like this. There's no reason. Because my mom wasn't an extraordinary person because she was an extraordinary person. She was an extraordinary person because she lived near Jesus. And you can do that, and I can do that. Can you imagine if a 1,000 people lived near Jesus and impacted the lives the way she did? And so if you're a Christian, I want to challenge you to, to begin, maybe, maybe leaving tonight, your prayer would be, God, help me develop a moment-by-moment conversation with you. Help me to live near you not just like in the morning when I open my Bible, or at bed when I open my, or at nighttime when I open my Bible, but God, throughout my day, would you help me live near you? If you were a Christian, there was many of you here tonight, she impacted your life when you were a kid. You were blessed by her in one way or another, and since then, there's been tragedy in your life. The church has hurt you. You've seen hypocrisy. God's let you down. And yet we still look at Cheryl and we scratch our heads and we're kind of there in our anger and our bitterness and I live there I know y'all don't know it, but I lived there for a good portion of my college years and she still has satisfaction I mean you and I can kind of shake our fist to God all we want we can look back at Cheryl she's still satisfied we can remember all the ways you know with hypocrisy and, and they should have made this decision or that decision and then just turned me totally off to God you know what Cheryl's still full of joy, because it's not about church or hypocrisy or, or tragedy. It's about living near Jesus in a moment-by-moment relationship. And my plea with you guys and my prayer has been especially for you guys over the last few hours that you will come back to him. My last challenge would be to those who aren't Christians, and you met her in a hospital or you were a student, you were a student of hers or you played a recital with her or something like that, and you're here tonight. You might be going, all right, all right, Doug, enough about all this being near Jesus. How do you you get there? What what is this all about? What does it look like to, to, to take the first step to be near Jesus? Well, I want to read to you guys what Peter and John said right before those men looked at them and said, they've been with Jesus. This is what they said. Salvation is found in no one else. For there's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. It's all about a relationship with Jesus. It's all about realizing that you are not good enough to save yourself. And and think about this. If you walked in tonight thinking all religion is the same and this Christianity stuff just lines up with everybody else, what I want you to know is that Jesus is the only one who came for you. Everybody else says, do this, and you'll get where you want to go. Meditate this much. Do this many good works and make sure they outweigh the bad ones. Jesus says it's not about any of that. It's about what I did for you. I came for you. And so my challenge to you tonight would be to begin a relationship with Jesus. There's a book that is being given out tonight. If you're here and you're just not convinced, you're like, yeah, nice try, bald guy, but I'm not going for it. We would love to give you this book right here. And it's at the the, uh, welcome lobby right there through those doors. And it's a good read. But for those of you tonight that are just like, they just be quiet so I can just respond already to God. Let's do that. And before we do, I just want to say, and I'm going to get through this. It would be worth it to go through this. lives are touched. People come to know Jesus. Let's pray. If you're a Christian, would you pray that prayer right now? God, help me to live near you. Help me to develop that moment by moment relationship with you, God. Help me to be an influencer because I'm connected to you, because I live my my life near Jesus. So, if you're a Christian, would you do that for a second? If you were a Christian, if you were a follower of Jesus, and tonight it's all coming back and it's just hitting you where you're at, then would you just run back to him? And he loves you, he doesn't care what you've done. He doesn't care how many times you've cursed him out or you've yelled at him or he wants you. He loves you. He just wants to satisfy you again. This isn't about withholding from God what you think you want to withhold from him, which is your heart right now. Now, this is about finally getting back to that place of love and joy and peace that's found in him. So if you're were a Christian, would you look back to him now and ask him to be your Lord and Savior again? And if you're not a Christian here tonight, I want to give you an opportunity to put your faith in Jesus. This is all about your heart. It's not about the words you're going to say in a second. This is all about your heart and your desire to know Jesus, begin a relationship with him, and to spend eternity with him, because that's where my mom is right now. So if you want to pray to begin a relationship with him, would you pray something like this? Just silently in your heart, Jesus, be my Savior. Forgive me for my sin. I recognize I can't save myself. And I realize tonight you're the only one who came for me. And so I put my trust in you and I put my hope in you and I love you and I thank you for this gift of eternal life. Now help me to know what it is to live every day near Jesus. If you prayed that prayer tonight, I just want to ask you tell somebody. You could tell me if you want. You could tell one of our family members. You could tell the friend. Maybe you're sitting next to your spouse, your parent, your pastor, heirs, Pastor Mike, any of the staff here. But we want to just put an arm around you, love you, thank you. But you know what? Even if you leave tonight, you don't do that. You've made a commitment to Jesus tonight. That's what it's about. So let's live near Jesus.